We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Rob Doster here, and you are listening to a Field of 68 NBA Draft Prospect Profile. We're going to be rolling these out all month, leading up to a full first round live mock draft with the six NBA draft experts that we're going to be hosting one week before the actual draft itself takes place. While you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, that stuff really does help us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any of the platforms that you listen to the audio of this show. But listen, that's enough of that. That's enough of the promos. Let's get into today's prospect profile. Welcome back. It's another episode of the Field of 68's 2023 NBA Draft Prospect Profiles. I am Greg Waddell. I got Rob Doster with me. And we are talking Rob Doster's own national champion, Jordan Hawkins. Six foot five, 185 pound guard, 16 points a game, three rebounds, 39% from three, 89% from the line. Point blank, Rob Doster, is this the best shooter in the draft? Yeah, and I don't really think that it's close. Uh, he is the elite of the elite when it comes to being a catch-and-shoot guy. I, I don't know how many shooters we've seen that are better than him at sprinting around screens, at being able to uh, create different actions that you can use offensively and finding the way to get squared up to the basket and get a shot off. Like I, I can't remember a guy that could sprint as fast as he can catch and shoot as quickly as he can while staying on balance. It's it's ridiculous what he's able to do. Um, if you get him open with his feet set, like he's automatic. I think he shot 49% on open spot of catch and shoot jumpers this past season. He is He has an elite stroke. He has a quick release. And he's the kind of guy that if you let him get hot, he can reel off three, four, five, six in a row on multiple possessions and can change a game. He can win you a game in four possessions, basically, going on a 12 or run. Um, by himself the thing that stands out to me more than anything else greg is uh is the energy that he has like he doesn't get tired no he, he very much and, and this is my comp for him is i think he's a modern day rip hamilton in the sense that if you use him right and just run him off of screens all day every day you know rip was coming off these curls and hitting little 15 foot jumpers jordan hawkins is that except he's shooting threes and i think he's got the nba range um the big question that I have for him, well, it's twofold, I guess. Uh, one is, is he anything more than just a spot-up shooter? 
Um, I don't think he has the explosiveness to beat a defender off uh, from a standstill. Like he's good. If you get him off a curl and he, like he can read if someone's on his hip and get to the rim, he's athletic enough to dunk it on you. Um, he can hit these little pull-ups. Like he knows how to use it. If he kind of has that advantage already, he can't square you up and beat you off the bounce. And the other question I have is what he did becomes defensively. Um, he tries, he works his ass off on the defensive end. He is six, five and 185 pounds and is not the, uh, the most laterally, laterally quick human being that you're going to find. He's tough. He works hard, but there are physical limitations in terms of what he can be defensively. So like he needs 25 pounds of muscle at minimum to, to be a plus, uh, to at least be an average NBA defender. So there's potential there for him to be a guy that can really get after you at the point of attack. Uh, but there's also reason to be concerned that he won't live up to that potential. Yeah, he has good timing. That's what stuck out to me when I'm watching his film last night. Like he he randomly got a lot of either chase down blocks or just like stay in front, keep your feet in front blocks, contests. He beats guys to spots and none of that's necessarily natural. That's like IQ and he works hard on the defensive mm -hmm. end. Now, if he does put more muscle on, put some more speed on, I think he could translate as a pretty good defender in the league. Um, look, I we watched a bunch of film on these guys. We're recording like eight of these. Jordan Hawkins' film was by far my favorite film to watch. Like the stuff they ran for him was beautiful last season. And I like the Rip Hamilton comp. The thing that's interesting to me about that, coming from a Pistons fan who watched prime Rip Hamilton have so much success in the league, to me, in this era in the NBA... I think it's going to be very rare that we ever see offense ran for a guy like Rip Hamilton so much again, unless that guy is the best offensive player on a team. And I don't know that Jordan Hawkins is ever going to be that. And I don't know that there's any team in the league that's going to commit to running like 40% of their shit just to get him open off of screens. But man, off movement, quick release off balance, square your body up in the air. It doesn't matter if he's fading, if he's rising, if there's a hand. He's that good. And there are some great shooters in this draft, maybe elite shooters in this draft. We're going to talk about Jet Howard later. Grady Dick is in this draft. Hawkins is at a different level just as a shooter than both of those guys to me. And the motor you mentioned is a big part of it. He does not get tired. It, it's constant with him. I'm curious what you would say as a guy who watched probably every game of Jordan Hawkins last year. Is there anything else he can bring offensively beyond that movement shooting? Because he had an assist rate lower than Kyle Korver, J.J. Reddick's college assist rate. That's not great. Yeah, he's not. There's a reason why he shoots as much as he does, right? Because he's not someone that's going to create other stuff for you. Now, um, he can he can turn a corner off of a curl. Like, he's very good at being able to read a defender and know what he's supposed to do. Um, he is decent enough at being able to read, like, when he draws two players, um, and can get it to like the role man can get it to somebody in the corner. Right. And I think most importantly, like he's got gravity as a shooter where there were so many times last season where him running off of all of these different screening actions would just mess defenses up. And then you would find somebody wide open at the basket. So like the impact that he has goes beyond him touching the ball. Um, you mentioned the, the, the stuff about rip that you mentioned. I think the best way to kind of compare what the role that he would play in the NBA is, is think Duncan Robinson in the bubble, mm. right? Where think Duncan Robinson, the guy that earned the $100 million contract, as opposed to the guy that's been playing since he signed that $100 million contract. Um, and I, I think that there's, there's 
there's more potential for Jordan Hawkins to be a good NBA defender than there was for Duncan Robinson. And I think that's kind of what did Duncan Robinson in. Um, but in I think that's of, important to know, not to jump in, but like, yeah. so situation dependent would be a word I would use because mm-hmm. if Duncan Robinson is not on the Miami heat, we probably never hear from Duncan Robinson again. There's probably like two to three other organizations I would trust would even utilize him correctly given the isolated skill set. And I think Hawkins is more versatile than Duncan. Like, from a guy who watched a lot of Duncan Robinson in college and is very proud of what he's done in the NBA. I think Hawkins has more there, but I do think like if you throw him on one of the teams that's still playing in the playoffs right now on May 10th, like I think he contributes on almost all of them. If you throw him on a team that's in the lottery next year, that doesn't really know what they're doing, that maybe not doesn't even want to win games. I'm pretty fearful of what that could look like for Jordan. Yeah. Because because at minimum, what he is a guy is, what he is as a player, someone that you stick in the corner and yeah. you just let him shoot. And the value that he brings is that I do think he'll be able to guard ones and twos once he hits his ceiling. So when you get these situations where you have teams that are, you know, using someone like a LeBron as a point guard, or you see Jokic and Aaron Gordon being the guys that bring the ball up and you have Jamal Murray out there as a playmaker for Denver or all of these different, you know, there aren't very many like, true pure point out of outside of Chris Paul and Jalen Brunson like how many true pure point guards are there right now you got a guy that can guard ones and twos that could be the floor spacer that if you have a creative coach like a Spo if you have someone that can figure out ways to get Jordan Hawkins into different actions like it opens up the playbook having a guy like that out there and having him able to sprint off of screens messes up defenses. So he is a weapon that you can use. I don't know if he's ever going to end up being a star. Like Rip Hamilton was an all-star. I don't think yeah. that 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 Hawkins will necessarily be that in the modern NBA, but I do think he's a guy that could average like 13, 14, 15 points a game while shooting 47-something percent from three. Um, and I, there, I think there's potential for him playing off the bounce. Like he's not there right now. But he's like there, he does have some step backs. He does have some pull ups. I think the worst case scenario for him, and tell me what if you think this is crazy. Isaiah Joe on Oklahoma State is a guy played like twenty minutes a game last year, averaged nine and a half points, shot forty something percent from three, took like seventy percent of his shots from beyond the arc, uh, five three attempts per game, um, some length, some athleticism some shot making and just out like at the end of the day, the most valuable skill that you can have in the NBA right now is being a shooter and being a floor spacer. And that's what Jordan Hawkins does. Yeah. I had Isaiah Joe written down last night and then I scratched it out because I think Hawkins will be a better pro than Isaiah Joe. I didn't want to do him dirty like that. The comp I landed on is KCP Contavious Caldwell Pope, a guy who has now made pretty much a 10 year career out of being primarily a three and D spot up shooter. I think Hawkins is a next level shooter, even beyond what KCP was in college and has now become in the NBA. But I think that's his type of role, right? He's a floor spacer. He's a fourth, fifth option on a good team that is around a really creative passer. That's the other note I starred that I haven't even mentioned yet. The thing that jumped out massively when watching his film and seeing him in person at the final four, he paired so well with Andre Jackson Like if you put him next to a creative passer, he has such a high IQ out of how to play off of somebody who is that good and that smart and can get him looks off of quick, like dribble handoff screens, whatever it is. 
And I want to see that in the league almost. And there's a, a small number of guys, honestly, that I think have that type of gravity that Jackson had in college. I'll throw two situations out that I think would work really well for him. One is Denver. Obviously, they're a great team right now. But you slide him in next to Murray, next to MPJ off of Jokic, like he would just thrive and provide spacing for everybody. And then one wasn't a playoff team, but could the Dallas Mavericks not utilize Jordan Hawkins massively right now? He could guard the one. Luca's essentially the point guard. Luca's this awesome ball dominant guy, but he's also a really creative passer. The way those two would work offensively, I think would really mesh. But like I said, it's situation dependent for me. But if he gets the right situation, I think this is a guy who honestly in year one could exceed expectations pretty quickly. Yeah. I 100% agree. I love I love the Dallas call. I didn't even think of that one. Um, and Dallas should have a top 10 pick, right? Didn't they? Did they tank enough games? Did they lose enough games uh, at the stretch of the season? I think, I think it's like 11 through 14 range, I think. Yeah. So if they if they end up getting uh, the, that first round lottery pick, that guy that makes a lot of sense for him. The last yeah. thing I'll say about this, that dude is from Baltimore. He plays like he's from Baltimore. He's tough <laughs> as shit. So like there's... To, the biggest thing I look for defensively is like the effort. I think that if you're athletic enough, you can be taught the skills. You can be taught the the fundamentals. You can uh, you know drill guys um, being able to be in the right spot from help side. And I think that Hawkins is actually pretty good at, at kind of rotating and, and using his athleticism. Um, I think that he will eventually get to the point that he is a plus defender in the NBA. It's going to take some time. He's going to have to get his ass in the weight room. He's going to have to eat a couple fucking sandwiches. He's going to have to put on some weight and put on some muscle. But I think that that, that ceiling is there for him to be uh, maybe not like an all NBA defensive team, but like he's not a guy that's going to be necessarily a liability when it's all said and done. It's also so hard not to just compare him to other UConn guards. Like I want to just throw, a ben, I want to throw a Ben Gordon comp out right now. Like Ben Gordon, Ray Allen, Rip yeah, Hamilton. It's impossible. No. As long as he ain't James Book Night, we're good. (laughs) There we go. All right. uh, If you want more of these episodes, we've got them all in the description below. We're going to roll out more than 50 of these leading up to the NBA draft. Make sure you check out our live mock draft as well. That's always fun. We did it last year. It was a great time. That'll happen a week before the actual draft takes place. For Rob Doster, I'm Greg Waddell. We'll see you next time. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee in the morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit, I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is, AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one, and man, that could not be more true. It's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of February and the month of March when you are in my business. And AG1 was exactly the supplement that I needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional bases for the day. I've continued that into April. I've continued that into May, and I'm going to continue that the rest of the summer. All I have to do is mix a scoop of AG1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and I'm ready to go. Do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome into the Field of 68, and we are breaking down another potential lottery pick today, and that is none other than Kansas freshman uh, Grady Dick, and uh, we're doing it here. Matt McCall, Jeff Goodman, elite shooter. That's where you start off with this one, Matt. You know, he came in with a big-time rep, and usually those guys, a lot of them struggle as freshmen in, in college. People don't realize that. Like, even great high school shooters come in and struggle that first year. Brady Dick did not struggle, did he? To shoot 40% from three as a freshman at Kansas? Yeah. Like, think about that. Playing in arguably the best conference in the country this year, when you look at it top to bottom, I mean, that is that 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 is unbelievable. And it's his best attribute, but he's got other things, too, that he can really bring to the table. Think about this stat, Jeff. 5.1 rebounds yeah. as a freshman. That's hard to do. He yep. goes in there. He mixes it up inside. He's not afraid to do that. And I think one of the biggest things for me watching him this season was his ability to take care of the basketball. He didn't turn it over. He knew who he was as a player. He knew what he or knows what he brings to the table. 60 assists and only 45 turnovers. A positive assist to turnover ratio as a freshman, as a non-primary ball handler. I think that's another big key for him. And you know, why he's sitting here in the top seven, top six, top eight of the draft. And, you know, with how the NBA is and the spacing and the shooting, imagine a guy like Grady Dick, you know, probably not going to get picked by the Lakers, but playing with a guy like LeBron who needs more spacing around him and guys that can catch and shoot. Here's the other thing for young players too. 
When the ball hits Grady Dick's hands, he either shoots it, if he has an angle to get in the lane and drive it, he does it, or he moves it. He doesn't keep it. He doesn't. The ball doesn't stick with him. And that is the type of game that the NBA and all of basketball is transitioning to is movement, player movement, ball movement. And when the ball hits Grady Dick's hands, he shoots it. If he can get in the lane and get to the rim, he does that or not, he gets off it. And I think that's one of the reasons he had a positive assist to turnover ratio as a non-primary ball handler this year. He's a guy you say could go in the top 10. I agree. He's 6'8". He's not 6'4 or 6'5". Corey Kispert two years ago out of Gonzaga was older, and he was 6'6", and he went 15th in the draft. 15th. So to me, if you're an NBA team, you're looking at a, a, a dude who's 6'8". He has proven it at the highest level. And the other part that blew me away this year, I th- think he went from a defensive liability early, which a lot of shooting freshmen that have built – their name and, and their rep and everything on being able to make shots to a above average defender, like really above average. He was not hurting them at all at the end of the year. And he was given a ton of effort on the defensive end as well. He does that. And he also plays a level of passion. Yeah. Like he competes and he competes at a high, high level. And to me, that, that is, that, that is a skill. That is a skill that playing with that level of passion he doesn't back down from anybody. You know, he's going into to difficult environments and play and, and is the same player every night. Doesn't matter. You know, like you said, he people were talking about his he was a liability on defense. No, he sit, sat down and defended, especially late in the year for their team. And, you know, had Bill Self not, you know, had the the, the health problems that he had coming down the stretch there. And I thought Norm Roberts did an unbelievable job filling in for him, given the circumstances. But who knows where this Kansas team would have ended up. And a large part of that was because of what Grady Dick was doing for him. Does he remind you of, of, of anybody? I mean, like a Kyle Korver type? Is that kind of what you see him? Can he be J.J. Redick, you know, at the next level? Who who do you Who do you like as a comparison? I mean, I think the Corver comparison is a, is a great comparison. Um, I think he's bigger than JJ. Yeah, I think you know JJ played a lot more on the ball in college, and the ball was in his hands, and um, he was more on the ball than Grady. But I, I think the Corver comparison is a great comparison. He's young; his body's going to continue to develop. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. I, you know, I I think another guy that that you know you could look at in terms of his game and translating, you know, to the next level. I, I, I like the Corver. I like the Corver comparison because I think they're, they're similar styles, you know, play Thompson a little bit, you know, um, just the ability to space the floor like they are and the ball hits their hands. There's there, you know what you're getting, you know, the ball is going to go up and it's going in. So I think those are really, really good comparisons, but I think you look at his frame, he's only going to get stronger. He's only going to get bigger and it's only going to help his game, especially when he gets up there. Yeah. I mean, listen, why can't this kid be an elite shooter in the NBA? There's no reason he can't. He's already a really good shooter coming out as a, as a freshman. He's been coached at a high level. Right, like you know, he's going to be ready for anything after being coached for a year uh, by Bill Self and, and that staff. So mentally, he's going to be ready for this. Physically, I think he's you know again he needs to put on some weight. 
that's but they're but they're going to do that. Yeah, they're going to do that. He's right. going to be with the strength coach, and he's going to be in there, and they're going to put him in situations, and he's going to have you know. You walk in these NBA facilities, I don't know if people realize this. I mean, there's a chef, there's a, there's there's you know there's all of that stuff, and I know there's a lot of high level college programs that have the same thing, but. Every single time you walk in that facility, you could walk back there. The chef's ready there to cook you whatever you want. So he's going to add size. He's going to get stronger. He's going to be – it's his only focus, right? It's his only focus. Now all he has to focus on is basketball, improving his game. There's no school. There's none of that other stuff. He's going to only get better as he moves forward. Can he be more than just a piece, do you think, of the next level? Or is that what he is? He he could be a great guy that, again, spaces the floor – you know, if if you allow him a straight line drive, he'll take it because he's more athletic than you think. He is. No question. He's he's a deceptive athlete who we saw it plenty of times, and it was more of like, oh boy, like it was surprising to us at first. And not afraid of it, not Correct. afraid to get in there and mix it up. Yes. Um, can he be more of a piece? I think it's too early to tell. Yeah. I think he's still young. I don't think his body's at all fully developed. I think it's way too early to tell. Can he just be a – Steph Curry coming out of college. You know, I don't think anybody thought he would be who Nobody. he is today. Nobody. Nobody. So he wasn't fully developed. You know, he had the baby face. You know, he was young coming out of college, and now he's arguably the best player in the game. So I think it's too early to tell to see where Grady Dick ends up in terms of long-term for an NBA franchise. But he's a guy that I don't think you can go wrong picking because – Especially if you have good players around him, he's going to space the floor and he's going to be able to knock down shots. Here's another comparison who I know he's been hurt a little bit this year, but like a guy like Tyler Hero, you know, who early Hero's got on more pop to him. Hero's got more pop to him off he's the got box. a little more pop, but early on, this guy's you're looking at this guy, his first couple of years in the league, he's projecting as a borderline. Let me give you some Corver numbers. Three. Let me give you some Corver numbers. And 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 again, we look at Corver as one of the best shooters and and the numbers prove out. He shot 43% in his career, all right? Played, I don't know, 15-plus years. He averaged over the course of his career about 10 points a game. Is that what you could foresee? Not the best-case scenario for Grady, Grady Dick, because in a better – now, the yeah. numbers are higher, obviously, in today's NBA. Could you right. see him averaging 15 a game? Again, I think it's too early to tell. I mean, Kyle Corver played in college for four years. Right. Played in college for four years. This guy went one, and he's not nearly as developed as Corver was coming out. Yeah, you know, um, so probably higher talent, probably a higher upside though. I totally agree. I totally agree. So, do I think he could end up averaging 15, 16, 20 points a game in the NBA? Absolutely. I think the right franchise, the right people around him. I think that's going to be big, and he's got to continue to develop. But I think the upside is through the roof because of how young he is. Yeah, I think Grady Dick's probably a guy from from what I've been told by the NBA guys so far that probably goes in that 8 to, to 15 range at the end of the day. Could he go as high as 8? Sure, because he gives you something that's such a commodity right now in the NBA, which is making shots, and he does it at such a high level that even if he's not making them that night, if you're putting him next to two other superstars – you know, you, you put him next to KD and Devin Booker or whoever, whoever doesn't it matter. is, doesn't, doesn't matter, matter two, because two they're going to have they're going to have to account for him. They're going to have gonna to have to account for him. Right? You can't help off him. Right? Right? Like how many times watching these NBA games 
are their corner threes available because they're helping off guys in the corner because they're concerned on what's going on on the other side of the floor. So corner threes are there. So the more guys you can put out there on the floor that can knock down that corner three, the more wins you're going to have. Bottom line, how many times you watch these games and the ball hits the corner and the guy shoots it from the corner and he misses? And all of a sudden the other team goes down and they go on a you know four or five-point run on the other end. So you can't go wrong drafting a guy that can shoot it and knock it down that has size that can also affect the game on the other end of the floor because of his size. Well, there just aren't many of these. That That's the one thing. No. I mean, you're looking at Brandon Miller shot at a high level. Grady Dick, obviously, probably the best shooter maybe in this entire draft. And then you got a, a bunch of guys that aren't great shooters. Right. You know, Scoot, Scoot Henderson, not a great shooter. The Thompson Twins, not great shooters. There, there's honestly a bunch of guys in this. Nick Smith Jr., not a great shooter from the perimeter. So that's where, to me, Grady Dick is going to fill a need for any team. For any team. For any team. Especially if you're looking at picking him, you know, anywhere. In the middle. Yeah, 6 to 14 is probably where he's projected. Like Get him on a contender. Get him on a contender with some talent. That's it. Right? That's it. That is it. And he will impact the game. Yeah, Grady Dick, there you have it. The breakdown uh, on arguably the best pure shooter in this NBA draft. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Matt McCall. Make sure you watch for all our NBA draft profiles here on the Field of 68. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.